I'm just gonna call him Josh. I'm just gonna make up. Sorry, I thought that was your name. I'm so sorry. Him. I I I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Uh, someone told me your name was Josh, and you look like a Josh. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm just gonna, gonna be, be doing that for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Robert, are you listening to my favorite murder? He's not. Welcome to the Why Are You Talking podcast, the podcast where we talk and you listen because that's how podcasts work. And here are your hosts, Rob Z, Jess P, and Sarah. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Z with Jess and Sarah. Welcome to the Why Are You Talking podcast, episode number 51. We are on the north side to our century mark. That's we're doing it. We're doing, we're doing it live. <laughs> doing it live. <laughs> what are we going to do to celebrate 100 episodes? I think we should do 100% more than we did for our 50th episode. Which is, like, literally anything. Well, (laughs) that's true. Do we have to eat, like, 20 cupcakes? Yeah, I like this plan. I don't think I could survive that, but... No good. (laughs) Just just doesn't want to make that many cupcakes. No, I really do not. (laughs) That would be so much work. That's still one of my favorite videos. Oh, yeah, it's a really cute one. We should post it. Um, That's how we'll celebrate being on the north side of 50. We'll just repost our last celebration. We'll repost the last time we celebrated. (laughs) That sounds right. It's like recycling like a happy birthday banner. Right. (laughs) But for like a much less important birthday, which doesn't even make any sense. Like, oh, I turned 12. like, Like 26 is a real garbage birthday. It's like a real piece of shit birthday. (laughs) Really anything between 25 and 30. I don't know. 27 was good for me. 27, um, we went on my first ever bar crawl uh, when I turned 27. And we we made t-shirts and it said 27 is the new 21. And we, like, drew gnomes next to a pint glass on our shirts. It was pretty awesome. You know, I remember having this discussion when we had our 27th episode. We did. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. the reason that that one broke the mold on 27 being a real wash of a birthday is because you were intentionally celebrating it like it was a 21st birthday. Fair, fair. Because I think I celebrated my twenty, my 26th, 27th, and 28th birthday were all just me showing up at Jess's birthday party being like, my birthday's next week. And I was thrilled <laughs> to handle it that way. I don't remember that. You don't remember me casually mentioning that my birthday was happening at your birthday parties for the last three years? Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's literally it's because you take birthdays really seriously and I don't. So I'm like, Jess is just going to plan something dope. <laughs> and then I'll just go and be like, hey, my birthday is next week. Yeah, it's. Fine. It's like, great. I'll, I'm actually going to, I'm going to plan something legitimate for 30. Right, do you want to go glamping? I don't want to go glamping, I know, but, but I do want to make fun <laughs> of you taking everyone glamping the whole time we're doing whatever I'm doing. Which I have a feeling yours is going to be like rooftop pool with martinis or something like just super that the opposite of glamping. Lovely. Maybe we could do it in Vegas 
Or New Orleans is what I was thinking. Ooh, wow. I've never been to Vegas. Vegas would if... be fun. I don't know if we'd live. I don't know. I So I really like playing poker. I don't think I'd play in Vegas, but um, <laughs> I realized... We just like lose Jess on my 30th birthday yeah. because she becomes <laughs> hopelessly addicted to poker. I'm just gone. But I realized when I was at a casino the last time, I don't really like doing slots. Because it's just, you lose all of your money very, very quickly. And then it's mm-hmm. over. And then you're like, well, I'm here for another five hours. What am I going to do with myself? <laughs> Drink martinis on a rooftop no. pool. The answer actually is eat at the all-you-can-eat crab buffet. Yeah. Ooh. So. And then martinis at the rooftop pool. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I think we if we were if we all agreed not to get so plastered that we lost each other. No, um, that's not an agreement. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're all not good at keeping to those kind of promises. No. Remember my boyfriend at your 30th birthday? Mm, yeah, he went Rob's on a Rob's laughing quest. like he remembers, but he doesn't because he's I, a I remember sleep. the story. <laughs> well, he tried to start a fire. Rob did. So. I didn't try to start a fire. I just tried to make sure that the fire was maintaining its I just remember you robustness. falling completely backwards from that a seated happen. position. Oh. It was impressive. <laughs> I, was I stepped like, backwards and uh, I tripped over the seat. <laughs> but it was I because see. I was super drunk. Sure. Well, we were all like, I mean, that was like the only time I can ever remember being like, I'm going to get as drunk as humanly possible. <laughs> I'm going to drink. I was drinking like hot shots of vodka and like hot sparkling rosé that hadn't made it into the cooler yet because I was just so fucking scared of like ticks and Lyme disease and scorpions and all the other bullshit that's outside that I was like, I'm just going to drink everything until I can't keep my eyes open anymore. And it never really worked. And then, yeah, my boyfriend just like wandered off into the woods past the cows. (sighs) But damn, it made a great story. Great story. (laughs) Great story. Vegas. We'll all stay in the same hotel. We'll go see Brittany. It'll be great. Yeah. Oh, Britney, bitch. Britney would be fun. That would be fun. We're all like exactly the right age to appreciate Britney's Vegas <laughs> residency. Oh, hell yeah. And then we can all go get drunk and hang out on a pool for a couple of days and yeah. eat crab. And I like crabs. this plan. So wait, we're doing this for your birthday? For... My 30th birthday. Okay. All right, cool. How old am I now? 29. Am I 29 already? No, you're 28. I'm 28. Okay. So we got time to plan this. Yeah. I'm apparently old enough now that I forget how old I am, so I was waiting for that <laughs> to happen. I thought it would take longer. So that just means you can become 30 whenever you want to become 30. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you can't maintain where you are, then it, you, it is what you tell it to be. You control your own destiny. I have a younger sibling who's too close in age with me for this to work for too long. <laughs> Okay. Well, speaking of, I was going to say speaking of illusions, but I don't think this is really a good. That's not. A I good was going to say that. Speaking of illusions, but you do yours. I want to see what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, that was basically all I had to say. So if you have a, like an actually good transition, then go with it. Speaking of illusions, I'm going to give the illusion that I give a shit about Snapchat and ask you about the Snapchat IPO. <laughs> Killer transition, bro. That was thanks. That was Killer trans. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it, yo. Thank you. So the Snap is now a publicly traded company. 
and they made some fat ass bank. So they were expecting to be at like 17 shares or $17 per share. And they ended up going at like 24. Did you buy any? No, because I'm unemployed and not into the stock market. (laughs) Going to be a poor loser forever. But so it's, it's, it's actually really interesting. Like a lot of people are saying that it was, it's highly overvalued, but you know, it's, it's depends on what people are willing to pay for it. And they were willing to pay, you know, the, the 24, $25 a share. Um, but I thought it was kind of interesting because there's, and I don't understand a whole lot of the stuff, but what apparently they do to kind of beef up the bank before going uh, public, they sold a bunch of shares to these companies uh, at, at the lower amount. And because of that, I guess it actually left like $1.1 billion with a B that Snapchat could have had in the bank that they didn't because they sold these, they, they did these, it's almost like goodwill shares to kind of just like make it look good. Uh, this is like my understanding of it. So like, imagine like their conversation today is, oh, we could have had another $1.1 billion. Like, can you just even imagine being part of that conversation? I literally cannot imagine that because they're probably so mad at themselves. Well, but then again, they're now, you know, their company is now valued at almost $30 billion. Right. So, so there's that. are they able to go back and later say like, oh, we're going to offer more shares? Um, I don't think so. I think once, once you're oh, okay. public, like that's the thing. Now, now it's mm-hmm. just, now it's just dictated by the market, I believe. Wow. And whatever uh, investors want to buy and sell. Hmm. Let's see. So, yeah, this is, they, they pre-sold 145 million shares, uh, at $17 a share to like Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, uh, JP Morgan. Um, and it raised 2.45 billion in cash needed to bolster their treasury. Um, but had they not done that, um, those shares would have brought in $3.55 billion instead of $2.45. So they, that's, that's, that's where they lost the $1.1 billion. Do my Dr. Evil thing. Do you feel like... Billion Snap- dollars. <laughs> Do you feel like Snapchat is... I mean, I know they just had their public offering, but... Do you feel like them as a company that they're still innovating and differentiating their products? I feel like I think they have something in the chamber that they haven't announced yet. Um, If you listen to Pod Save America, you might know (laughs) a little more about that. Son of a bitch. Every opportunity, Sarah. I'm obsessed. I'm a podcast groupie for Pod Save America. But I will say to, I mean, Rob is the more active Snap user, but I did listen to that interview with the guy who's basically the head of news for Snapchat. And so his job is like how Snap is presenting news in this new presidency. And they really are, I don't know, I I loved him. And he made it sound like they really were making a a move to being more of a, a news source than just a, you know, puppy face meme generator. Um, well, so so I, I think they have plans. I have two thoughts on that. So one, 
um, I think that could be dangerous territory because that's where Twitter is right now, right? Twitter is fully entrenched in news, whether that's good, bad, or ugly. Um, and you know that's kind of caused a rift in the actual news media because they're trying to basically beat Twitter when it comes to breaking news. So, and that that makes us reliant on Twitter because that's where things are happening, even though they're a company who's currently struggling. So I feel like that could be a dangerous territory to try to go into for Snapchat. Like I I, I love their discovery feature. Like I, I actually watch it now. Um, I, I didn't used to care about it. But I feel like the content there, for the most part, is actually really, really solid. And it does a mix of longer pieces with bite-sized pieces. So there's kind of a, there's a mix of content there. There's um, whereas like if you're just on you know Wall Street Journal's website page, then you're only going to be looking at their stuff. But here you've got you know you've got news sources, and then you've got Comedy Central, and then you've got the NFL, and then you've got uh, Taste Made, and you've, so you've got all these different things that you can just flip right through, and then you have this plethora of, of news and information sources. So I really do think there's something there. And the, the people that those brands have creating the content have been doing a really solid job with it. I've been really impressed. Um, and then on the other side of that, the fact that snap changed themselves from just being like this app company to, they actually labeled themselves a camera company. So yeah, I think I feel like that's so interesting because I've heard really bad reviews of the the glasses, the spectacles. I have too. I was actually talking to it, so I went to a uh, social media week here in Austin, Texas, and um, I actually was talking to a guy who had them, and he was telling me some pretty interesting ways that they can be used, and I do think that's kind of part of the problem is is as a whole, maybe that's not going to be the, the biggest thing, but for people who, whose jobs or whose personal brands depend on digital storytelling, there it can be a really huge asset. Um, but yeah, like, so they've dipped their toe into the technology side of that, but that could just be, you know, their first wave to see how how well it does and how the market reacts to it and you know they did the really unique releases where they had the you know the little snap machines um which you know by and large was lauded by the the kind of marketing industry on like wow this is such a really clever way to create buzz and excitement around a product even if the product is kind of not wholly embraced by most people right <laughs> So uh, I, I really think there's going to be some other things up their sleeve. Um, I don't – I think what they're going to end up doing is move away for the tit-for-tat with Instagram and Facebook because Facebook by and large has more money and more audience. So if they're going to try to just go feature for feature in social platforms, they're going to lose that battle. I kind of feel like it's Facebook that's like, oh, you got that? Well, we're just going to do that now. I well, mean, I think that wrong. Well, yeah, I think that they do that, and I think that they can do that because they have just this arsenal of money and, you know, resources and, and just the, you know, there's so many more people on Facebook than these other platforms that just because we have we all have a Facebook, whether we're using it as much. I mean, I certainly use Instagram more than I use Facebook, but they bought Instagram, so now that doesn't really matter. And I think, well, you know, Facebook, then- go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, and you know, when you're talking about these these platforms that 
are dependent on revenue from advertising and uh, you know being you know marketers have to be able to show the the return on investment on any of these any of these endeavors but snapchat just doesn't really offer any type of analytics on it you know that's something that they're going to have to fix if they're going to try to still maintain this this uh, advertising model because you know just saying like well sure some people saw it like the, you you got to have more robust analytics in order to continue that model. Well, and I think part of that comes with just the sheer amount of time that Facebook has been operating compared to some of these other platforms. Like Facebook has just been around forever. It's just not going to go anywhere. Right. You know, I, I remember signing up for it being like, I can't wait to see what the next thing is. Cause I'd already jumped through <laughs> five other, you know, Friendster, MySpace, all that other stuff. I, you know, and they all lasted about a year before everybody moved to something else and Facebook happened and we all stayed. I mean, it just really stuck. So they've got years and years and years of data that Snapchat and Instagram don't have. But, and again, not an avid Snap user. So all I really know is what I what I read about in the newspapers. But um, one of the things that this this guy I listened to, Peter Hambry, said was that one of the ways that they are trying to differentiate themselves is by promoting better journalism than Facebook and Instagram promote by. By like weeding out some of this, you know, hashtag fake news and some of this less edited content so that better stuff is going. And, and that's what he said is kind of the downfall of Twitter as well, is that, you know, a really bad story and a really good story can hit on the same day. And sometimes the bad story takes off in a way that the good story doesn't just because it's more sensational. And so they mentioned some stuff about just trying to like curate content from that side of things a little better so that people feel like it's a more trustworthy space, which was interesting. I could see advertisers being gravitated towards something like that, like it feeling like less of a wild west of the internet like Facebook does. Well, and that goes back to our argument we were talking about before when it comes to, you know, what is the platform's responsibility for curating what is real news and, you know, should they have that that uh, ability to make that decision. And obviously Mark Zuckerberg has come out staunchly saying that he doesn't feel that Facebook's responsibility lies in that. Yeah. Well, but apparently Snap it sounds like Snapchat is. Yeah. Well, I mean, they hired this guy who was like the editor for CNN. He's like a highly respected, highly sought after news editor. And so I think that that's definitely like a coming out on the other side, going out of their way to hire such a, you know, well-known journalist and put him in charge of the news department of Snapchat, I think is definitely them saying we, we're going to try harder than Facebook to make sure that this content is accurate and well done, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, it's good that someone's doing that. Well, speaking of things that Facebook is doing, um, I was actually just read an article on BBC, um, came out uh, yesterday, actually, where Facebook is using artificial intelligence to spot potentially suicidal users. And I think this is pretty fascinating stuff. It's using machine learning. So it, it's, it's taking um, pattern recognition and using that, all that data that it has, to look at the content that people are posting, finding people who may be in a potential situation where they could do harm to themselves, depending on what they're saying, and then reach out and offer them, you know, 
information and resources and help and you know the the, the suicide hotline number and things like that. So you know we, we we a lot of times talk about you know how creepy and weird it is that all of our data is out there and all of our content is potentially being read and and analyzed and scanned. But I, I think this is actually a really good side of of what is possible with with the machine learning and the the AI. I don't know. It's a little bit creepy. Like, what if you? I mean, I, we Sarah and I talked about this on the podcast we did um, when you were out of town. Where <laughs> when you like, I think it was like, did you say Sarah? It was like Instagram that was. Yeah, and it ended up being actually it's one of my favorite podcasts we've ever done because it, it was the only topic we talked about, and because we ended up really kind of talking about it for a long time. But Instagram put out this was when you were in Boston. So was that October? Yeah. Um, so this was back in the fall. They were saying it was almost the exact opposite of this. So instead of artificial intelligence being what trolled through posts to find inappropriate content, they were asking users to report people who seemed like they were suffering from depression or had suicidal tendencies. They, they put all of the ownership of putting, doing that reporting into the hands of the actual people. So it wasn't AI, but it had the same end goal. So like if you had a person that you followed and they were posting like, I just want to end it all, you could anonymously tell Instagram that and Instagram would send that person a list of these same resources. So it's interesting that Instagram's approach to it and Facebook approach to it is almost the polar opposite because Instagram wanted users to be in charge of this themselves and it sounds like facebook wants a computer to do it yeah but i feel like what if you're not depressed and so facebook's like flagging you it's like hey are you feeling down how are you feeling like you know like really flags and like goes after you where does this like line like what if the line gets crossed where it's like oh are you feeling you know sad today like just kind of starts getting a little too into your business. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of creepy. Like, well, there is also a human element to this as well. So, um, because, uh, what was it last year or, or earlier this year, there was actually a girl who live streamed her suicide on Facebook. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. That's and terrible. so they've built in a way for people to flag it as like concerned. Did people and watch it? I mean, I'm assuming some people I'm did. sure it's the internet. <sighs> but, um, and so it then gives those people resources on how, on things that they can do to try to help. Um, that's, that's so, exactly how the Instagram thing is supposed to work. You're supposed to be able to anonymously say, I feel concerned about this person. And then Instagram sends them those resources being like, Hey, some people thought maybe you could use this. Just wanted you to have it. Right. And honestly, if you just, if somebody's just having a day and they post like, Oh, I'd rather die than go to work today. And like that tricks a computer into sending them anonymously and privately a link to like, Hey, if you'd really rather die, here's some information on why that's not a good idea. That's not hurting anybody. Um, you know, I don't think that's going to, trigger anybody i think it's better safe than sorry in that situation but how does the ai element of it work is that just separate yeah it sounds like uh that is more um that's just more looking at the the patterns uh to kind of create an algorithm that recognizes if someone might be struggling um by 
it, like it basically tr- they they are training the artificial intelligence with examples of posts that have been previously flagged and using that to train the artificial intelligence to watch for those certain things. And I'm sure it's not going to be, you know, one word flags. I'm sure they're, they're looking for a pattern in that person's content behavior. So it's not going to be like you just say, oh, I've had such a terrible day. I wish I would die and like immediately get that. But if you have a pattern over the last six months of of talking about how miserable and hopeless and and you, you start to talk in a, in a very disconnected way from people like that kind of stuff may start to trigger the the artificial intelligence side of it. Well, I thought it was interesting in the article you sent that they're also mining not just the person, but the comments of the person's friends. Yeah. So it's definitely like digging right into people's business, which is a little creepy. But um, I mean, you know, if it saves somebody's life, I guess I'm down. I mean, if they can use all that to sell us things, they can at least use it to try to keep people from killing themselves. I know. And I've said it a million times. If you're on Facebook and you're using Facebook, then like your notion of privacy should be, you know, you should expect that people are in your business. If you're, you know, that's the price you pay for this free service that we've all been using for over a decade. Oh, no. I can't believe it's been so long. It's insane. Right? We are old AF. I've been using it for 13 years. Yeah. Again, for free. So, of course, they've been mining your information for 13 years. So. And did you guys ever go into the the mobile app and see the advertising preferences and, and what it what what Facebook thinks you're interested in? I know no, we talked. About- we were always going to do that, and then we never did it. We oh, should we, make, we should make that a thing that we do on the podcast next we time. We should do it yeah. and uh, screenshot it for the pod, for the blog post. Yeah, I, I love want this. Everyone to see what I'm interested in. Some of some of mine were so out there. I was like, where the hell does this even come from? Mine's going to be like other people's babies. Um, <laughs> you know, just like ridiculous stuff. Pomeranian, Pomeranian, Pomeranian. Shisu, shisu, shisu. Sarah secretly <laughs> loves watching those weird tasty videos of recipes being made that she would never eat. I could watch those all day long. I literally have. They're Thanks. so fascinating. They're so like they're such garbage food. They're like take three pounds of cheese and eat it. That sounds like an amazing dinner experience. I'm watching one literally right now that's just a giant thing of pasta covered with cheese put in a casserole dish covered with cream cheese baked and then covered with bread and baked again. Fuck, I want to make that. Yeah. I have a friend that almost on the daily shares those and like tags his fiance. <laughs> make me like, this bitch. <laughs> Good lord. That's have so a heart cool. attack. <laughs> That's amazing though. No, I love those tasty videos. I did find one. I posted it on Facebook today that was um I forgot what it was called. It was like scalpel. God. Oh, yeah. It was like food Um, surgery. Food surgeon. And this person like is wearing like surgery gloves and has a scalpel and like dissects the food and puts it back together in crazy ways. It was so satisfying to watch. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. The the one that you posted was the Reese cup where where they cut open the Reese cup, pulled out the peanut butter and then removed the cream from inside an Oreo and put that inside the Reese's cup. I think it's so interesting how you say that. Is that is it a regional thing? Sarah, how do you say it? How do I say what exactly? Reese's. Reese's. Okay. Rob, no, say yeah, it again. I, I do say Reese's. Mm, that's wrong. That sounds like feces to me, and I just. <laughs> I guess it's, it's Reese's pieces, isn't it? Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. Rhymes. 
I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine it's Reese's Pieces. You just blew my mind. <laughs> All my life. Do they still have Reese's Pieces? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my Our, God. You still get them at the theater. Wait, what is the difference between a Reese's Pieces and a Reese's Cup? The pieces so are the pieces little, like, like, yeah, but they're peanut butter and what? chocolate. Yes. What? You've never seen these? Have you not seen AT? Wow, oh, Sarah. My head exploded. I'm Hold really on. worried about you. They're M&Ms <laughs> that have Reese's in them? No. Basically. I'm kind of. Yeah, I'll get some. How are they different than peanut butter M&Ms? Because oh, they're, they're totally different. Yeah. Well, first of all, they taste like Reese's peanut butter, but they're, they're the shape of milk chocolate M&Ms, mm-hmm. but instead of chocolate inside, it's peanut butter inside. Right. And Do M&Ms special... have different shapes? Yeah. So you've got like your peanut M&Ms and then you've got your regular M&Ms. I did not know those had different shapes. The only, well, I knew peanut, well, the ones with an actual peanut, not right. peanut butter mm-hmm. in them had a different shape because peanuts are big. I haven't had the peanut butter M&Ms. They might they come out for crazy. like Halloween. They're always like orange and black and brown. Oh, hmm. That's like, exactly what Reese's, <laughs> Reese's Pieces look like. That's yeah. always just what I assumed that was. <laughs> Maybe that's what you're seeing. Hmm. So, hmm. I don't know. We what are really like, we are like all over the place today. <laughs> we, yeah. this has been, we're like, let's talk about all three forms of social media and also candy. <laughs> uh, remember that podcast I we just, did where all we talked about was soup. That was good. Uh, right. Asked. I do want to say, though, I am team Junior Mints. Junior Mints are amazing, and especially when you have, like, a handful of, like, really salty, buttery popcorn, and then a Junior Mint, you throw it in there to kind of, like, change it out. Oh, my gosh. Junior Mints are bullshit. What? Okay. We are at war. I don't think we live together anymore. They're not minty enough to be mint. They're not meant to be, like, breath fresheners. They're not sweet enough to be sweet. (laughs) They don't make any goddamn sense. They are, and they're not mint mint. They're like fake bullshit spearmint. I don't even know what to say. They're so synthetic tasting. Garbage. The combo is chocolate covered raisins and buttery popcorn. Raisins though. Why? Chocolate raisins. (laughs) I can't even eat a raisin. Chocolate raisins, peanut butter pop, not peanut butter, buttery popcorn, maybe some Twizzlers. I, no, I will fight you on this one. Rather than raisinets, you should do the the like the Nestle Crunch bites. Mm-mm. I don't like those either. Y'all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm I'm excited about Logan this, opening this week. I was gonna go tonight, but then my boyfriend is extremely ill, so I'm what gonna see it? it on Saturday. Yeah, Logan, the new. Um, Oh, the X-Men movie with my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, it looks so good. It's supposed to be his final one, he's saying. But we'll, well see. And, and, uh, and um, Patrick Stewart both said they're done after this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Stewart's starting to get pretty old. <laughs> no, but he's he's going to live full, He's full of life. He just had pizza for the first time, you guys. It's amazing. That's nuts. His relationship with Ian McGregor. Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Yeah, they're the best. You know what I mean? But the two of them on Twitter and Instagram together is like... It's one of the best things ever. It's so good. You can be having the worst day and that makes it better. Yeah, they'll just post a picture and they're like, we had a picnic today. I don't... I'm not following them. I feel like I'm missing out on Well, you have to follow both of them and then they hang out all the time so they post pictures like, I'm just at his house for dinner. yeah. Yeah, they'll go do stuff together like... That's so cute. They're the best. I love that. Okay, I'm going to go follow them right now. 
So speaking of following people on Instagram, <laughs> good job. I was just going to do the same thing. Uh, Instagram, <laughs> in what I think is a super pro move, has developed a multiple picture posting option that basically creates an album. So when you're posting 15 pictures of the same meal at the same restaurant, instead of them being 15 different Instagram posts, they can all, you can take all those pictures and then you can edit them all however you want and make them beautiful and then post one post. And then it creates a swipe function so that people, if they really wanted to see every single thing you ate at dinner that day, could just swipe through and look. And if they don't, it only takes up one post length in their feed, which I love because I don't need to see, like, Mardi Gras just happened. I don't need 15 blurry, dark pictures of the Mardi Gras parade. I need one. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see some really interesting ways that people use this. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities with this. Uh, I think and the article that you shared I think talked about like, you know, kind of recipes, how this could work to, you know, do almost like a step-by-step type thing. Oh, um, I love that idea. Yeah. I've but I think they're do some really like funny stuff where they do like a zoom, like you take a picture <laughs> and then you zoom in on like one part of it. And so as yeah. you slide, you're like zooming. Ooh. I saw some cute stuff like that, but yeah, tutorials, a great idea. I just love it. Like, I think people will find good. I've seen some advertisers use it, which is nice because advertising on Facebook is difficult because you only have one image to p- convey all of your information. So, but I, as just a person who gets like irritated when my feed is junky, I really appreciate that and we're going to make sure to, to link up this article because it's so – It's really it's funny. It's such a it's great really way. It's really good. Yeah. I like uh, it. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the title of this is Instagram Releases Self-Improvement Tool for the Worst People You Follow. And if that doesn't get you to click, I don't know what will. <laughs> that's just that's – just I have to give a writing. shout out. I don't know if she, she still listens to the podcast or not, but I totally found that article on our friend Sarah Vasquez's – Facebook page, she posted it, and I immediately read the whole thing, laughed hysterically, and then marked it as what I wanted to talk about for the, uh, <laughs> the podcast as soon as she posted it. So I'll give her a little a little at on Twitter when you guys post the Twitter, Twitter comments. That's right. Shout out. So I think we've covered the entire internet tonight, you guys. Good job. I'm proud we of us. At, but, okay, I do want to say I want to talk to you guys what podcasts – I know we kind of already talked about – uh, Sarah's new favorite podcast, but I feel like I've fallen in love with two this week and I really kind of wanted to like have a short conversation about podcasts we're listening to. Ooh. Well, Pod Save America is my like political, it just feeds my like, I'm so freaked out. Every time I get a news notification, I'm so scared. It's the guys who like worked for Obama's speech writing team. They're totally legit and they're, they're funny and they just like, it feels like you're going to a safe place and hanging out with like friends and having a really good conversation about politics where like someone's not going to freak out and say something racist. And then just, I think the <laughs> other one that I'll let you shout out the other one we're obsessed with right now. Yeah. So listener Annie, Hey Annie, uh, suggested that Sarah and I listen to my favorite murder. Um, it's amazing. I'm obsessed with it. We're actually going to go see them do a live show here in Austin in April. 
But yeah, I'm completely obsessed with it. It's so good and so funny. Uh, my other one though is the Missing Richard Simmons podcast, and it's a, <laughs> it's going to be a really short run, but it's really good. It's fascinating, and it's I say that so as a person good. who is always like I was a little too young to get into Richard Simmons, like in a real way and just at the right age to find him just like something that was irritating to me when I was a bitchy teenager. And now all I want to do is know where he is and make sure he's okay. (laughs) So they're actually literally following him around. Well, he just dropped off the face of the earth in 2014 and he has a gym running and a whole media empire. And there's like some shady shit going on with his maid, like controlling everything that he does and like no one has physically seen him in years and it's just really fascinating one of his like his ex they won't say you know boyfriend or partner because Richard Simmons never came out so it's up Mm. in the air but a a companion of his that was a long-term like just he just fell off the face of the earth with him and he ended up writing like a book about how the maid's a witch, like a real one. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so good. Fascinating. Wow. It's the best three hours of television or of podcasting I've listened to in a while, other yeah. than my favorite murder, which is basically my religion now. But as far as like um, podcast production value, I feel like it's right up there with like the first season of Serial. Like it nice. is so well done it's really well script like it's not scripted but like you know they have like a story they're telling so um they pull in really great clips it's really great you should check it out even if you're not like super it's not a true crime podcast it's more of like a documentary about richard simmons and what's happened Mm -hmm. to him but um they're kind of doing it in that like true crime sort of vein of like where is he (laughs) what's going on um, it's, it's really good. You should check it out for sure. All right. Well, what I'm listening to, and it's one that I've recommended to you, Jess, and I, I constantly recommend it to basically everyone that does any type of creative work is a podcast called Unthinkable by Jay Kunzo. Uh, like the production value of this podcast just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, it's a very NPR style podcast where, you know, he comes in and out with interviews uh, with people and like, has really good you know, background music like you know, the really highly produced NPR podcasts do. Um, and he talks to a lot of really interesting people in different parts of the creative world. Um, so it's not just a marketing podcast. He talks to all kinds of different creators. And it's just I, I, every single time I listen to it, there's some sort of takeaway or some sort of like, damn, I needed to hear that. Uh, and it's just, I'm, I'm totally obsessed with it. I'm actually, I actually want to go back and re-listen to it from the beginning because I know there's things that I took a note and never acted on. And I want to go back and, and make sure I'm doing that because I'm actually getting ready to launch my own separate side podcast. It is called Keep Marketing Weird, the Austin Marketing Podcast. It's going to be a podcast focused solely on the marketing community here in Austin, Texas. Uh, I've been talking it up all week with people at Social Media Week Independent Austin, and uh, the the consensus was highly, like overwhelmingly positive. So um, I, I'm I, I'm just I'm pumped. I'm I'm super pumped about it. Uh, the now I'm just digging through all the the difficult tech back end stuff that. Um, because you know we don't for this podcast you know we do it for fun we're not we don't really have like monetary goals or anything like that um but this one like I actually want to do like an email 
every time a new episode comes out with like you know the, some some sort of synopsis, possibly have some sponsorships and some partnerships. So you know I really want to take it to the next level. And shit, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Yeah. So do you have kind of a tentative release date yet, or? I'm hoping to launch in about a month. Uh, I, I I originally ideally wanted to try to have something by uh, South by Southwest. That way I could try to have some business cards printed with like a, a logo and a website up ready to go, but it's just, it just wasn't able to happen. Um, but I, I'm now reinvigorated. Um, some angel named Jess is helping me design a logo, even though I know she's really busy and, and feeling sick and horrible. Um, so I'm probably going to be able to print some cards soon and have something ready to go for that. And the website is, the website is at least live. Uh, it's not complete. It's kind of a shell right now, but it's at least live. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm really super excited about right now. Super cool. Very exciting. I think that is exciting. So we'll see how it goes. And, but don't, ladies and gentlemen, don't, don't stop listening to this podcast because we're still going to be here for you. We still love you. (laughs) We do. And we'll tell you about the other good podcasts. That's right. We were talking about it earlier. I've been listening to so much My Favorite Murder, I've started talking like the girls. I know. I'm trying really hard not to, but (laughs) it's really hard. We're just like walking around the house going, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I love her so (laughs) much. I don't know if I can handle an hour of that. No, it's so good. But here's the thing. They are about an hour long. Some of them are longer. There's maybe... 60 out and I have listened to all of them in under a month. That's like a <laughs> wow. part-time job. It is a part-time job of listening to grisly, horrible murder podcasts. I will say one thing I've noticed since we started binging it is we both get like fucking freaked out. Oh my at God. night. Like <laughs> there have been multiple occasions where Jess and I have been like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? She was in the bathroom, like in the tub the other day. And she like messaged me and she was like, there's someone in the hallway. And I was like, all right, let me get dressed and walk out and find the murderer. And then her boyfriend came home in the middle of the day, not totally out of like, it wasn't crazy that he was home. And I like lost my mind and peed myself because I was sure <laughs> that I was about this to This is killed. the end. Like, so I've noticed some like significant repercussions of just trauma binging on murder stories. But also if that means that next time I'm walking down, you know, a creepy alley, I don't get murdered because I'm hyper aware of my surroundings. Then I think it's worth it. Yeah. There you go. See life lessons. You're ready to go. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'd love to know what podcasts you listen to besides this one, obviously. Uh, what, what else should we be checking out, um, in all of the, the spare time? Cause eventually, you know, at the, the rate that Jess and Sarah are going, they're going to run out of podcasts soon. So, um, we'd love to hear from you anywhere you find us. You can find us at Why Are You Talking Podcast, where you can read the blog post that Sarah writes every week, leave us a comment. You can also find us on iTunes, where you can subscribe and share us with friends. Or on Instagram at Why Are You Talking Podcast. Or tweet us with links to your favorite podcasts at W-A-Y-T Podcast. And you can also listen and subscribe on SoundCloud. And until next time, we're we're, we're going to try to maybe rein it in and be a little bit more focused next time. Talk about something other than the internet. Right. I'm Rob Z. I'm Jess. And Sarah. And this has been the Why Are You Talking Gigglecast, apparently. <laughs> There's always a huge like gap in between and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs>
Inside. <laughs> I'm really like, 